0: Good morning. On this bowl of Question Crunch, we have Dorian Black. He's an old friend of mine who has been cosplaying as a Dark Knight for many years. He's here to answer questions about his life as a comic book nerd, protesting injustice with the power of pop culture, and stopping fights while wearing bright blue spandex. So... We've been friends since high school, a long time. And uh, I've seen you go through a lot of different cosplays. You're a fantastic cosplayer. Appreciate it. And um, I'm always amazed whenever you bring out a new costume, old costume, adapted costume, just any kind of costume. Anytime I see you post a photo of your nerdiness online, whenever you post a photo of your nerdiness, it's just always going to be impressive. It's going to be amazing, almost uh, jealous-inducing. Um, so what got you into cosplay? Uh,
1: well, I mean, you mentioned high school. So 2003, I'm going to totally age myself right now. The 2003, that was my senior year of high school. Uh, my first ever convention I'd ever attended was, uh, Anime Expo back when it was in Anaheim. And who remembers when Anime Expo was in Anaheim? Pepperidge Farm. Pepperidge Farm. <laughs> a long time ago. Uh, but it was... It was a really fun experience. I'd never done anything like that before. I had friends that were like into anime. It was it was just an experience. It was just seeing people like just dress up and and either like really get into character or just like hell this is just how I wish I could dress every day, but I can't because societal norms won't let me. And uh, again, that year I didn't cosplay, but it, it, it like put the idea in my head. So then. The following year, I went to Anime Expo, and I did cosplay, and I cosplayed as a Trigun character, uh, Nicholas Wolfwood, Nicholas D. Wolfwood, and it's a super easy costume. It was just like this, like, slim fit suit. Uh, I made these uh, cross, um, like, uh, they're, uh, I guess, cufflinks, and I made the, he has this giant cross gun that's called the Punisher, and I made that out of styrofoam, and uh, fun fact: If you want your cosplay to be noticeable, uh, make a big prop. If you have a giant prop, that will almost always like get you noticed. And that was it was a really fun year. I had like I had a blast. And then that same year, uh, that was actually the year I did, the first year I did Batman. And that was uh, for a Halloween party that you were also involved in as well. You were Joker. Uh, our friend DJ was Riddler. Our friend Amber was Catwoman and so on and so forth. And that was sort of a spur of the moment thing. So like with, with Wolfwood, I put a little more time into it. With Batman, I was like, man, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? And I went to uh, this local Halloween shop. Uh, I bought, I don't even know what like Batman it was. It, I think it was like Batman Returns because it had the like Returns logo on it and it had the like really cheap like abs on it and everything and uh, The cowl, like, the Batman cowl selection, man, like, those were the dark ages of cosplay because the only cowl I could find for that suit was the sonar cowl uh, from Batman Forever. And it wasn't even, like, a good quality one. It was, like, chrome-looking, so I had to, like, spray it with Plasti Dip. And the, the horns on it were, like, super floppy, so I ended up having to fill it with hot glue just to get the horns to, like, not be bunny ears. So, like, there was modifications I had to do with this thing just to make it presentable because I was like, I can't wear this when everyone else looks super cool. Uh, I painted parts of it. uh, For what it was, it was fine. Uh, And really, like, the whole point of it was I just wanted to, like, you know, party as Batman and mission accomplished. And uh, that first, oh, man, that that first year uh, dressed up as Batman for Halloween, I went to, like, four parties in that costume. One year and... This this taught me about excess. Do not you know you can have too much of a good thing. I got so drunk. I actually forgot I was in costume for like a hot second. And then I went to use the bathroom and I'm like, why am I Batman? I don't understand. And uh, that but, but that really brought the like, man, I could have so much fun doing this. So the following year I went to Comic-Con and that was my first year at Comic-Con and didn't do Batman that year. I did Duffman from The Simpsons. And that costume was, uh, I want to say, like a sweater track. It looked kind of like a tracksuit. It was like a, like a wool sweater and like these wool pants. I cut the sleeves off of it. Uh, I got like a white sheet and I put the Duff logo on it and I sewed that onto the the you know shirt and I made the cape and added in the like uh, the Duff utility belt and everything and that was made out of uh, like empty Coke cans. And that was the first year like I got like a crapload of attention at Comic-Con because everybody wants to party with Duffman. And that wow. really got me into it. Cause like, I was getting invited to like parties and stuff just, just because of how I was dressed. It wasn't even anything I was doing. It was just sort of like, you know, Duffman is thrusting in the direction of the problem. Oh yeah. And like people were like, dude, we're having a hotel party, man. You got to come. And I was like, this is so easy. So that was a fun year. And then the year after that, that was the first year I cosplayed as Batman at a convention, and that was a whole new suit. What I did for that one was I got, uh, it was like an Under Armour shirt and Under Armour pants, which both were expensive as hell, because Under is expensive as hell, but I bought that. I took the shirt to uh, this logo guy in Upland and, uh, I spent like maybe three hours just looking at all the different Batman logos to see what I wanted to do, and I found one. It it sort of reminded me of uh, Justice League Unlimited, if you remember that cartoon from like way back when. Uh, I definitely don't remember that amazing cartoon. (laughs) (laughs) It was. I I liked his suit in that because it looked very streamlined, and I was like, "This is cool." So I, I put that. I I put that suit together, uh, and that was like probably my first like decent bat suit. uh, but it still had issues with it. Like, everything on it was kind of army surplus, like, you know, slash, you know, party city. Uh, but it looked cool, and again, people were like, oh, that's cool, and nobody ever dresses up as Batman. Now everybody and their dog dresses up as Batman, which is great, I love it, but, like, back then, people were like, wow, Batman, that's unique. Nobody does that. And from there, I just started slowly upgrading the Batsuit. Batman, as you can see from my Batcave, that I have, you know, my home office here, Uh, My favorite character, not my only, you know, favorite guy, I love a lot of comic book slash literary characters, but Batman, I don't know, he was someone that I I grew up with. One of my earliest memories was going uh, to the drive-in with my dad and watching uh, the Michael Keaton Batman and just being like, (gasps) just like in awe of him. Everything and, and from there, it just kept getting bigger. Like Batman the Animated Series, I was like into that as a kid. My teenage years, I, I fell out of it for like a while because you know, you're a teenager and you're like, no, I want to be mad at things, you know. Sure, and that, was, that was the thing I did for a long time. And then, like, about after college, it was like around college time, I, I started kind of getting back into it, but I was again so busy and technically I was homeless too, so it was a little hard to get into cosplay when you're living out of your car. Uh, but then after that, that was when like I really started getting back into things again, because I was like, oh man, now I have a roof over my head and I've got some cash and now I can start having fun. And now that I'm like a full-fledged adult, I can really just like throw stuff at this hobby. And unfortunately, you know, we are in the middle of a pandemic, so I'm not really doing much of anything right now. But uh, I still cosplay. I, I just sort of cosplay live stream, which is a new experience for me, but it's still a lot of fun.
0: You mentioned your background, but your background looks like a green screen. Like, it's it's ridiculous how amazing it looks. <laughs> it doesn't it look looks, real.
1: What's funny is, okay, so uh, at my day job, we do like, uh, we do a lot of Zoom meetings. And at first I, I put up a green screen just to like hide the background because I was like, I don't know, like, I'm like, all of my direct coworkers like know who I am. But there's like, you know, I don't necessarily want people like on the executive level being like, what is that? But then one day uh, the green screen, because it's Zoom, uh, like the green screen just like flickered away and you could see it and they're like, wait, did you change green screens? And then it like flickered back. And they're like, no, like, what are you in? Like, what is that? So like all of like my other coworkers that like weren't aware of it were like, hold on, hold on, hold on, I got to see that. So finally I was like, all right, you guys got to get really cool with a lot of stuff really fast. So like. I turned it off, and like people wanted a tour of it. They're like, "Wait, what's that? Okay, now what's that? Now, now what's that?" You know, and I just was like, "Okay, here's." So we spent like 10 minutes just going over my back cave in this like very professional Zoom meeting. Uh, and people were into it. It's a, it's a, it was a lot of fun to build. Uh, we were talking about before, you know, this is what happens when a theater nerd and a film nerd uh, decide to live together and are under quarantine for five months. Uh,
0: was was your green screen
1: that, so you said your green screen flickered, was your green screen
0: more ridiculous than the background that you have right now? Or was it a green screen of like a normal house?
1: <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a green screen uh, there's this one like moving green screen that Zoom has where it looks like you're like on a beach, like some tropical beach. And that's just sort of what I had been doing for a while. Cause I was like- So it was is... more realistic. Yeah. <laughs> it was just quirky enough where people would be like, yeah, he's gonna have that. Yeah, uh, I mean, my my coworkers know I'm not normal. They they celebrate the fact that I'm not normal, but I always I'm always curious of like how much can I really test the waters here. So it's sort of like I, I introduce things slowly, and, and they eventually just like accept it. But the the Batcave, everybody's been into it. Like I've had like executives be like, hold on, hold on, I gotta know what what is that over there, like, or they or they think someone's behind me. That's another one. Which if you see over here. You can see I have, like, a whole batman. (laughs) There's somebody behind you! And it's like, no, no, no. That's just uh, my old... It's an old bat costume, uh, and that's on my partner uh, Peggy's... uh, She has a mannequin, and uh, we just... I I needed to retire the suit anyways. I've had it for four years. I've worn it probably, like, over a thousand times. Uh, she she needed a retirement, so she's just you know up on the the bat cave now. And she looks good. I like her. She looks good over there. Um, but yeah, this was uh, this is about I would say like three solid months of work.
0: But I feel like uh, being at a beach is something that you know a lot of people can do. That's a that's a <laughs> thing that most people can do. Having a bat cave in your house is not is not usual.
1: <laughs> no, no 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 I. I like it, though, because this is where I get most of my work done in here and and something that I've both in regards to cosplay and in regards to like my my like little nerdy, you know, office space here is I feel like people can truly be themselves when they're not themselves, when you could just sort of take yourself out of the equation for a second. And that's how it was for me with Batman that was how it was when I, I like i really got into cosplay was i realized that there there was this me that people people see like there's a me that you, that you see and that like you know my coworkers see and then there's like this other me that i that i don't really let out all the time and that was something i realized when i started dressing up as batman as i started just feeling more confident about, like, how I feel about certain things. I would just say things that, again, normally wouldn't really say or do because, you know, I don't, like, I have to be, like, you know, I have to be this guy and I have to be, you know, presentable. And when you're cosplaying, you don't worry about that stuff. You just sort of let, like, the inner you come out. And that's how I feel about, like, my home office here, like, when I'm sitting down doing work. I never get writer's block in this room. That's, like, something that's interesting about this Batcave is um, so, fun fact about me: I'm uh, I, I write for Screen Rant. Uh, I write for their comic book section, which is a lot of fun. Uh, and there's times where like I'll I'll be writing in my living room or be writing in my bedroom. And I just I can't like I can't get a paragraph out. I'll just come in here and like I'll set up the mood lighting. I'll set up the fog machine in here and just make it, you know, look nice and like you know like Dark night esque and. I just, like to start writing. And it's because, again, I, I take myself out of the equation. I stop worrying about what would, you know, what would Dorian Black think right now? It's like, no, I'm, I'm Batman. I know all the answers. I know exactly what I'm doing. And it just comes out.
0: I am super glad to be a part of that because uh,
1: <laughs> I remember exactly
0: where we were when we were playing that Halloween costume. And to think that that conversation got, brought you to the cowl and just changed <laughs> your life completely, that's... uh. It's a good feeling. <laughs> yeah,
1: it was. Uh, yeah, it was. It was a uh, that that was a life changing party. You know, you can't <laughs> you can't say that about too many parties, I don't think. But like that definitely. Uh, Batman had always been a character I had related to, which uh, I feel like everyone relates to Batman and, and to to some degree or another. That's why he's such a popular character. And I don't. Very few in the world get to be billionaires, so. He's a character I feel like we shouldn't relate to. He's this <laughs> privileged, rich, white dude who like drives around in an urban assault vehicle beating the crap out of people. There's no reason we should celebrate that. But he has a lot of things that, that people can relate to. And for me growing up, I just always, I always kind of just felt alone. Like I was an only child. Um, my My dad, he, he was a construction worker he, he, he was a construction worker until he became a plant foreman uh, he's still around today thankfully but uh, when i was a kid he he was a construction worker he would work like 15 hours he'd come home he'd have dinner he'd like have like you know four or five beers and he'd go to sleep and i just i didn't get like a i didn't have like a huge connection with him the way like some other people have with their fathers uh, so i i felt just kind of alone, you know, and I, I what I liked about Batman was he was a guy that took that solitude and like just sort of recrafted it and repurposed it. And I, I liked that, like, especially in the animated series, which is what I grew up on as a kid, was he was a guy that he always kind of kept people at arm's length, which I related to as well. And he always had someone he was always someone that people tried to understand or tried to get to know. And he was like, no, 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 no. you don't you don't want to get in my head. And I I felt that growing up and. Ultimately though, he was someone who took all of the bad in his life, all of those like negative things that happened to him, and he like, he just he he turned lemons into lemonade. And I know that's a cliche, cause it is, but I I liked that a lot. And I liked when I started cosplaying as Batman, I started seeing things through that light. I started seeing things through that perspective of any time I felt like man, like like life just beat the crap out of me right now, like what am I gonna do? And I just like you know what would Batman do? and and that would that that, it's oddly uplifting and it's uh it's like a quasi-religious experience like i'm not a religious person but i understand why people are religious i understand it because it it sounds weird but i get that from certain comic book characters i get that from certain literary characters in general like like you read a book and you're like man like wow like I, i i never thought of that and now with with cosplay i feel like it's the same thing you're putting yourself in, in a unique mindset, and it's I, I recommend everybody do that, and I feel like that's why Halloween is so at least fun. at least once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, once. it doesn't
0: even it doesn't even have to be a comic book character. You could dress up as any character that you are in love with.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, and there's a reason why people are in love with a certain character. There's a reason why so many like you know uh, young girls love Katniss from uh, from Hunger Games because they see parts of themselves in her there's a reason why, you know, so many guys, you know, relate to like, you know, characters, you know, the comic book characters, it's because they see parts of themselves in there. And it's interesting, I I love asking people that question, like, you know, who's your favorite comic book character? Who's your favorite literary character? And, And you learn a lot about them because really what all art does is it just sort of like puts a mirror in front of you and says, look, and that's, you get out of it, like Empire Strikes Back, that like Luke went in there, you know, it's like, you know, you bring into the tree what is with you nothing else nothing more nothing less and that's that's thing with cosplay you you bring into it what what is there and batman's not the only character i cosplay as i do superman which that puts you in a whole other mindset too and i love that character uh shazam i started recently cosplaying as captain marvel and i love that character so much because i could just turn off all of the adult parts of my brain and not have to worry about it like i feel like as an adult especially after you turn 30 there's this like idea that you have to act a certain way because you know you're over 30 but being shazam i'm just like nope i don't think about paying bills i don't think about my rent i don't think about my job i could do whatever i don't even think about like my diet because like I, you know being in spandex all the time i have to worry about like you know me personally i know cosplay is whatever you want all body time types all shapes all sizes anyone who tells you otherwise is a fucking idiot do what you want to do but for me personally like i don't know being in spandex makes me a little self-conscious so i'm always like do i want to eat that do i want to eat that uh but when i'm captain marvel i don't worry about it i'm like yeah i'm gonna chug this monster and eat this bag of doritos and i'm gonna you know get a pizza i'm gonna eat it all you know i don't worry about it because i'm like i'm 12 you know and i'm just gonna run around and like get on a sugar high, I'm gonna do, you know, I'm gonna floss on an escalator, I'm gonna, like, run around and make airplane sounds, it doesn't matter, and I love, love, love that, too. And and when I'm Batman, it's, the cowl does a weird thing to you when you put the cowl on, because it's, like, so restrictive, uh, it puts you in this very unique mindset, I can't even really describe it, it's something you just kind of have, if you've ever worn, like, an old-school, like, costume from the 90s, like on Halloween where you like put on the like, you know, like that, like you feel it, it's there. Uh, it it does something to you. It just sort of like puts you inside of yourself. Like everything about you, like you have no outward projection. You're not like, you're just all inside of this like encased thing. You're like something else. It's, it's fun. Uh, and it's, it's a, it's a really cathartic experience. It's sort of like uh, you ever have like a really painful, but like satisfying massage that's kind of how it feels not not in a while it's a (laughs) pandemic (laughs) you get like a painful massage you're like oh this hurts but oh it feels good and it's the same way with the bat suit like some of this one of the suits i've worn was just like it was neoprene and latex and leather and urethane so you're talking about a suit that weighs as much as a fireman suit so the things that like firemen go into to like stop up like a like a blazing inferno. I'm wearing all of that. Um, and I'm wearing it outside and I'm wearing it for like you know, anywhere between like two to six hours. It's miserable, but it's also like invigorating. The same, again, the same way you're like getting like, like a painful massage. Is. you're like, oh, this is miserable. everything hurts. I can't turn my head over this way, but you know what? I'm Batman, and I feel it. <laughs> um,
0: how many versions of Batman do you have? Because I know you said that you have a retired one right behind you? Yeah. Um, how many, like, I feel like uh, your Batman costumes are a lot like uh, the toy section when you have all these <laughs> different Batmans and different adjectives for it. Like, you got Sub-Zero Batman, you have Hawaiian Batman, you have...
1: <laughs> oh, man. So, well, I, I have one suit I've just sort of been upgrading over the years. The, that's the best way I could describe it, is I don't have, like, I didn't really start doing alternate Batman until, like, more recently, because I have... I, I had the the one suit that I wore at, at Halloween, and that one was, again, it was like a store-bought, like kind of party city quality one. Then I had the Under Armour one for a while. And then my, my good friend uh, Thera Pitts, who uh, does costume design work on the side, uh, she started making some of my costumes, and those are all like custom designs that she came up with on her own, and those ones are fantastic. Uh, and they're all made out of like Lycra and spandex and stuff like that, so. Uh, Whenever Thera makes me a costume, uh, it's tough because my body tends to change shape very rapidly. So if I don't work out for a week, like that changes my body size. Or let's say I have a cheat day that lasts like two weeks, that changes my body type instantly. So my body type is very, very malleable. So she'll do all of my measurements. And then when I try it on, she was like, okay, I got to take this in. I've got to let this out. Like, all right uh but in total i think thera alone just bat suit wise has made me five different bat suits um and a bunch of them have just been like her own designs she did make me an Amikami bat suit which is like the anime batman from like the like earlier 2000s uh that one was really cool uh she also um she's made me a few other suits that weren't batman way she made me a pinheads uh like body suit Uh, because I went as Pithead for Midsummer Scream one year, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, She made me a Deadshot from, not the Will Smith Suicide Squad, but like the the comic book Suicide Squad. Uh, She's made two Superman suits. uh, One that she made like entirely by herself. The second one, she did the pattern and she made the cape on, and then my partner, Peggy, actually sewed it all together. Uh, Yeah, I can't, I I know I'm missing. Oh, she made this Shazam costume too. That one looks really cool. Uh and then other Batman costumes I have uh I have Lego Batman uh the one with like the the red paisley uh robe with uh, uh With the I'm lock. glad you
0: I'm glad you mentioned that one because that is by far my favorite <laughs> Batman costume you have. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love that one so much because that one, one it's really comfortable to wear so the that costume it's a red paisley robe uh that uh it's the leisure my, suit when he's at home. Yes, exactly. It's the one he's wearing when he's like in the cave and he's like heating up the lobster thermidor and uh he's just like kind of by himself. I love that one because like I it's such an easy costume to put on. If everyone says, "Hey, can you be Batman for this?" I'm like, "Only if I can do Lego Batman because it's just so easy to wear. It's just a damn it's a robe. Uh, I have a specific cowl for it, too. It's this carbon fiber cowl that I bought at Comic-Con that I modified a little bit, uh, and it's got, like, white lenses. I don't even have to wear, like, eye makeup. It's got, like, white lenses already built in it, and it's just really comfy on the inside to wear. So, like, and it's not – I don't have a neck piece for it, so I don't have to worry about the, like, doing the Michael Keaton, you know, turn my head. So it's – it's just, and then the, I have props that go with it, too. So I have a Lego battering that I bought from, like, the, the Lego <laughs> – that like I'll just randomly throw at stuff sometimes just because. And uh, I have a fake lobster that I have like on this giant fork that I'll just like walk around with. And, and people instantly get it too. It's such an esoteric costume, but people see it and they'll like just say a line from it. They're like, first try," and I'm like, "That's from Lego Movie, but still good." <laughs> uh, but I, I have I have a lot of fun with that one. Uh,
0: I, the just remember
1: Batman, see, I remember seeing
0: the Lego Batman costume was uh, I, re, I just remember seeing it, in my head blowing up where I'm like, oh my god, that's a that's a great idea.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's weird. A, a weird incident happened with that costume too, because uh, one one year I was just walking around Comic Con, and this car drives by, and I hear this couple in a convertible like arguing, and I just sort of turn around. And, and the, the guy that was in the car was, like, being very, like, verbally, like, you know, toxic to his, to his, I'm assuming, partner. And I just, like, I saw it, and I was like, hey, that's not okay. So I, like, walked up there, and I'm like, hey, you stop that, you know? And he, like, looked at me and was like, what? And I'm like, you heard me. And uh, so I start arguing with him there. So I'm just, like, yelling at him. I'm like, don't say that. And so he just ended up driving off, and I started chasing after him. Cause I was like, no, 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 I'm not done yet. So there's like Lego but This isn't even like a like a scary looking version of Batman. This is arguably the like least threatening version of the costume. And I'm just chasing this guy down, yelling at him for like what he like the you know crap he said to his partner. And that that's not even the weirdest experience I've had in costume, but that specific costume. That's probably the weirdest thing I've happened in that suit. Uh, where where was this? Was it a convention? This, this was at Comic-Con. I was going up the gas lamp. I was trying to meet up with some friends. Actually, no, I was trying to meet up with you, because that, <laughs> that was when we were going to the bar before I was there. So I was trying to find the bar, and yeah. like I was just like looking around, and I just heard this dude that was just like verbally berating the hell out of this poor woman, and you could tell she didn't want to be a part of the argument. And I was just like, no, 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 I'm Batman. I don't care that I'm Lego Batman. I'm going to, like... Poke you with this fork if I have to, and, and uh, he just took off. But it was it was a weird experience. I'll be uh, honest, I, vi-
0: I I visualized you on Harbor. That's the street I have visualized.
1: <laughs> uh, it was I can't remember what street it was on. It was it was one of like the the main streets. It, it was a little farther out, out from the convention because it, I mean you know you've been to Comic Con a lot of the times. Like the closer <laughs> you get to the the more impossible it is to drive. Uh, yeah. So, this guy was they was freewheeling, so this must have been at least like a half mile away from the convention. I was super lost.
0: <laughs> I feel like that happens uh, often at Comic Con. Uh, my favorite one was when uh, I went to a panel and you were dressed as Batman, and you completely you had no idea what panel you were in.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that again going back to like partying a little too hard. Yeah, I was. Uh, uh, yeah, I was I was completely out of it, and I had this completely random cosplayer just like grab me and start taking me around from panel to panel, and I had a couple friends. You were one of them, but I had a few friends text me like at the panel, like, "Are you okay? Do you know like Do you need somebody?" And I was like, "I oh, don't. I think I'm okay," but part of it was I was I'd just been up really late the night before. I had been partying crazy hard and then like i woke up and i'm like i'm good and the problem, I mean, the thing with with conventions you know is that alcohol is literally everywhere edibles everything you can imagine is there and you know you got you're you're dehydrated because you're in costume and you're walking around all day you're not eating enough you're not taking care of yourself you're literally just like and people <laughs> have glasses everywhere too so people are like oh like oh that guy's playing with his nintendo DS. No, it's a flask, you know, and it's like, oh, like that, you know, do you know Aquaman's Trident is a flask, you know, that <laughs> a flask, yeah. cosplay flasks <laughs> everywhere. So like, yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm drinking, you know, people are like, you know, you, you take a bite of something and you're like, yeah, I'm pretty sure this has cannabis in it. And you're just like, whatever. And yeah, I got, I'll say this. I, I definitely had crossed like what my limit should have been. And that could have ended badly. Like I think about that, like I'm very privileged to be a large male because I'm fairly difficult to kidnap. So that's a huge privilege of mine because if I had been like a lady, that could have been different, but very creepy situation again overall because I did not know this person and she was just sort of like grabbing me, taking me around, okay, now we go over here, now we go over here. Uh, Like the final straw was she eventually tried to get me to go back to her hotel. And that was when, like, I had texted a friend and I was like, she's trying to get me to go back to her hotel now. And they're like, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? And that was when, like, my, uh, my friends just came in, like, grabbed me and took me away. And I was like, yay, I'm saved. And they're like, okay, we're taking you back to your hotel. We're getting you out of this costume and you're going to take a very long nap. And I, think
0: I, I, and, I think I even uh, told you that I want you to, t- like, uh, I remember joking about saying, you know, text me blood poison and I'll be there. I'll save you. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> blood yeah, poison, Albert. Was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got, yeah, yeah you, were, you were one of the concerned citizens. I had another friend also named Jimmy, like, approached me at one point. He was like, do you know her? And I'm like,
0: uh-uh. I'm,
1: I'm glad so, that you have a... Yeah. Uh, I'm glad that you have Superman's pal. Yeah, <laughs> a bunch of a
0: that. bunch of Jimmies ready to help you out.
1: <laughs> there's a whole army of Jimmies and Robins ready to, to jump in and save me. And I'm very and honestly that's how people should be. And that's another thing with conventions as a whole. If you see something that's not right, don't be afraid to jump in. Because unfortunately, like there's a like one percent of the population there that just should not be there and they will take advantage of any situation. And like I said, when you go to Comic-Con, everyone's drinking, everyone's, you know, there's people smoking, there's people that, and there's nothing wrong with that, like I do that, but people take it, like myself, sometimes you don't know what your limit is, you go a little too far. I'm a large dude, so like I tend to think I could drink forever and that's completely inaccurate. I have a very low tolerance for alcohol, surprisingly, Uh, but, you know, you think you're invincible, so you just keep going and going. And that was like, I was probably, I was still in my 20s at that point too. So I was like, nothing can kill me. And uh, especially if you're yeah. Superman
0: or a uh, Batman, where you're <laughs> like, oh, what would Batman do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: oh, and that's one thing I probably should take from Batman is Batman doesn't drink. Which I don't drink to like an extreme, because I definitely cut back as I've gotten older. Because the more you drink as you get older, you're just like, this, this, this hits a little different, you know. And that's something that I've noticed. <laughs> things, yeah. you know, that. The third shot of Tequila just hits a little too hard now.
0: Yeah, but you're 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 saving Thomas and Martha from getting shots. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, god. Uh, yeah, less lesson learned definitely at that convention. again, that's not even the weirdest cosplay thing I've ever definitely the weirdest thing that's happened to me as no no no, that's not even the weirdest thing that's happened to me as Batman either. Um uh, yeah, go oh, down the list.
0: In- I, I'm, I'm looking forward to any weird stories of Batman cosplay.
1: Oh, man. Okay, so there was another Batman cosplay one where uh, I was at. They had this, like, music festival going on where if you have, like, a, a, a Comic-Con badge, you could go into it. They went there. And there was this dude. I don't, I don't like to, like, assume things about people. But Good call. But he was, yeah, he was probably on something and probably like didn't have like a stable like housing situation I'll just say that about him he was a guy he he, he looked like someone that was probably like in between places so I didn't want to judge him or anything but he, he came up to me and immediately like drunk as hell was just like touching me poking me and I'm like you really need to stop that and he was like and he like walked away and then later on he came back he started harassing some of my friends and again I get up and this is like the intimidating bat suit and I'm like in my kind of like Christian bale ass voice like leave now and he like again kind of like skittered off and then the third time he came back uh, I was sitting down and I don't know how I knew because like again I'm in a bat suit like this is my peripheral I'm like a horse you know like I have this thing on my eyes that prevents me from like you know I have tunnel vision and my spider sense starts tingling. Wrong character right now. A different I universe, different universe. <laughs> <laughs> but I turn around and he's about to pour his drink on my head. And that was when I just lost it. So I get up, I smack the drink out of his hand and I just start walking towards him. And I don't even know what I'm gonna do, but I just start walking towards him and he starts backing up. And every time I get to him, I just like chest bump him and he keeps backing up, backing up, backing up, backing up. And eventually he just took off running. And I was just like, there's no way I could fight in this suit. It is impossible to like fight in that Batman suit. Like if somebody could come up with like a working functional bat suit where I could like actually throw a punch in, I would spend a lot of money on that because the suit, it, my suits are more movable than other bat suits because there's a lot of like Lycra spandex parts in it so like the joints can move. But you're talking about like chest armor, like you can't bend all the way and you can't like, there's just so much restricting. Then you have like a 20 pound leather cape. It is not designed for fighting. So I'm very fortunate that dude ran because two options, either A, I would have had like the crap beaten out of me in that costume, or I would have had to have started stripping down. Like, all right, dude, let's go, let's go, <laughs> let's go, let's go, all right, I'm naked, but let's do uh, it. Someone hold my cape,
0: someone hold my cape. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I, I feel like you could have gotten taken out by an obstacle on the ground.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and that's the thing, but, like, that suit is intimidating enough for like, if you're in, like, the right mindset, people are just like, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, and, like, uh, I was I was fortunate he took off. Uh, the weirdest thing. Probably the weirdest situation I've ever been in in cosplay was in my Superman costume. And that one, uh, I had gone to an Abolish Ice protest. And I had been thinking about how I'd want, I'd been wanting to do this for a while, but it wasn't something I wanted to just do. I had to put a lot of thought into it uh, because cosplaying at a protest can be taken multiple ways. And I didn't want to be disrespectful, especially with this with you know the Ice protest. But I thought about it and I'm like, look And, and there I'm, have been
0: cosplayers that have done it distastefully. Oh
1: yeah. Oh yeah. No, there's there was that like Bucks County Batman who went to the uh, he went to one of the, the George Floyd protests and he was just it was a, it was a basically just a photo opportunity for him. He walked around, got some pictures taken amid this this horrible situation where like you know, cops were coming in and there was, like, gas, like, literal, like, like you know, uh, like, crowd suppression gas in the air. And he just showed up for some pictures and people were, like, you know, liking and sharing it. And then, as it turned out, this guy isn't even, like, a Black Lives Matter protester. He doesn't believe in any of that. He wasn't there for the cause. And, like, you look him up online and he's very, very, like, not that message. And, and yeah. that bot- uh, but But in this situation, like, I truly believed in the cause uh i'm also mexican so like this directly affects me so like in in my at least in my my opinion i was like this is my lane to do this in and ultimately the the message i was trying to convey with the superman costume is we're so caught up on this idea that like undocumented immigrants are a a new phenomenon in this country they're not uh, Superman was created in 1938, and he is an undocumented immigrant. He is—he did not come through the quote-unquote proper immigration channels. His family was like, "Okay, like the planet we're on is not sustainable if our, our child stays here. He's going to die." So they, they you know, took him to a new place again, so he could have a better life. And so the the I wore the Superman suit, and I had this sign. Uh, that said undocumented immigrant on it and pointing at me. And what was funny was I didn't even need the sign. After a while, I just was like, I don't need this. People understood what it meant like that. And like people who have never read a comic book a day in their life knew what it meant. There were people there that like didn't speak an ounce of English and they knew what that meant. And the kids knew what it meant. And that was what really, uh, I, I, I felt permanent personally like you know very you know fulfilled in was that there were kids there that saw Superman and immediately saw themselves They immediately were like you were brought here as a baby, too you get it and That that it, it, in my opinion that was that's how you if you're gonna cosplay at a protest make sure the cosplay is a part of it It's not just a photo op. It's something for that that conveys the message and so that, that that part of it was great. But then I get on the red line to head back to my uh, my partner's place. And I don't know, for, for those of you who have never been on the red line before, uh, it is not a happy place. Uh, I think I've witnessed, personally, like eight different fights break out on the red line. Uh, and this instance was no different, unfortunately. So I get back on the red line. There's a bunch of other protesters there, too. And they're all families. Like They're like, you know... There's, like, whole families, like, gen, like, multi-generational families there. And, like, little kids, you know, their their grandparents. And we're sitting there were having a good time. And then this guy walks into the, you know, the car we're in. And he's minding his own business. He's got, like, his beats on. He's, like, on his phone, minding his own business. And then this guy jumps in right behind him as the doors are closing. And, again, I don't want to assume things about people, but I'm going to tell you, this guy was on something. Again, this is one of those situations. Wasn't making a lick of sense. He just starts yelling at this random dude. And he's just like, say like, you know, you took it, you took it, you give it back now. And he's like, what are you talking about? I don't know who the hell you are. And he's, he's screaming at him. He's cussing at him and just completely unnecessarily aggressive to this guy whom I can tell you right now, not knowing either one of those men, the, the guy number one did not know guy number two. Guy number two just decided he was going to harass guy number one. And he's like, just, again, every swear word you can imagine, just screaming in this guy's face. And everyone's just sort of like, uh, uh, uh. And then I've got all of these little kids near me, and this, like, one, like, little three year old just, like, looks up at me in my Superman costume. And he's just like, he didn't say anything, but his eyes were like, Superman, do something. And I was just like, oh, my God. And I'm like, all right.
0: Hey, you're fine. wearing an S. You're wearing the yeah. S.
1: I'm sorry. <laughs> like, this is how I die. This is how I die. Okay. Yeah. Fair. This is a good. If, t- if you're going to be,
0: if, if being a ghost means you you have to wear your last outfit, that's not the worst outfit to wear.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm just like, okay, fine. This is, this is it. And I, I just sort of like, I, you know, I take a deep breath. I walk up. I don't say a damn word. I just step between the two guys. I step between guy number one and guy number two. And thankfully, the, the aggressor was a good deal shorter than me. So I'm just glaring down at him. Not saying a word, just walk up, I get right in his face and I look at him. And there's a moment, because he's kind of like sizing me up. So he like starts down and as he's looking up, he just, just sort of has this like moment of like, and again, probably the drugs, keep in mind. But for like, flash of a second he was like Superman and the moment the doors open he just took off and I hope I really hope I looked extra badass in that in that situation because in my head I'm like please don't stab me please don't stab me please don't stab me please don't stab me uh, very fortunate that he backed away but that was that was just such a nutty situation just to be in there like okay okay Let's put the suit to the test. Let's see how bulletproof this actually is. <laughs> and that was was one of those situations where cosplay really paid off because I was like, okay, do your best Superman. Just do your best Superman impression, you know, like give him the look, give him the look, give him the look. And I was like, cosplay powers activate, you know. And, <laughs> was, and, it, and it worked. And thankfully, though, like as soon as he left, like one of the dads who was this like massive guy, he came up up and he was like don't worry dude i'm not gonna let my he was like i I would have taken that guy down the moment he came at you because i'm not going to let my like little son watch a dude punch superman i would not let that happen so thankfully like the dads were there like ready to jump in should he like had he tried anything but thankfully just like i pull off superman well enough where he was just like nope not risking it yeah Um, but those those dads those
0: dads aren't even like helping their kids. They, they, you know, those dads did grow up with Superman. So they yeah. also, their their inner child is like, I'm not going to let the dad probably said his kid, but honestly, I think the dad also <laughs> didn't want to see Superman get punched. <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 He was just like, nope, nope, nope. And especially because I had been walking around the protest all day as Superman. So everyone was just like, that's Superman. Yep. And like, dads were just like, hey, look, look over there. It's Superman. Like, they weren't saying, hey, it's a guy dressed as Superman. Like, they were telling their little kids that's just Superman. Superman just showed up because he supports us. Like, that was that was like the general energy. So nobody wanted to see that. That would have been a very awful end to, a, like, in other ways, very, very, like, good protest. So that
0: Batman, I forget, you mentioned what Batman it was, the one who uh, did protest just for a photo op. That's a shame. Because I was talking to a, a friend of mine that I, I, I'm I not totally against people cosplaying at protests because these characters mean so much to us. Right.
1: There is there is no way, because I almost, I, I ended up, uh, because it was the same day as WonderCon, and I just didn't schedule it out like correctly. I did plan on, there was this one uh, protest. It was uh, for better gun laws. It was just, it was on, I forget what the name the was called America's just inconsistent, like, sane, rational gun laws. And I had gone there, I was like, I'll do it as Batman, because again, that is very much a part of the protest. And the, my partner Peggy made uh, a sign, and it was this panel from, I don't know if you remember it, uh, from uh, Dark Knight Returns, uh, the, uh, the comic by Frank Miller. Uh, Batman grabs a rifle, and he, like, breaks it in half, and he was like, this is the weapons of the enemy. We don't use it. So it was that panel made into, like, a whole sign And I the, the reason, I, I again, I was like, ah, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't want it to be tacky. I don't want it to be considered cloud chasing. But I was like, who is more anti-gun than Batman? I, I can't, honestly, I can't think of a single character that is, like, Anti, what's going on in this country in regards to gun laws? than Batman. And granted, Batman has a lot of weapons that have like cannons on them. So I agree with the idea of there's just it's too easy in this country for some guy to like who's, who should not have a firearm to get one. And that was why I wanted to go to it. And honestly, like I have people that ask me about like you know my my stance on the Second Amendment. I think people. The majority of people are responsible enough to own a handgun, but I don't think everyone should. Uh, I'm taking a character that agrees with the protest, and I'm taking pop culture, which again, like that, that's a very iconic panel and a very iconic comic of Batman taking a very firm stance on uh, on gunning. There was another cosplayer that uh, that did. That did go to uh, the uh, you know uh, defund the police uh, protest. I thought he did it really well. There was this kid that went as Miles Morales, uh, which I thought was was pretty well done. And he ended up just sort of like parking himself, like he he climbed this like wall and he was on a ledge, uh, and he was holding up uh, like a Black Lives Matter sign, and I thought that was really well done. I thought that like if you're again. Uh, if you're, if you're going to go to a protest, you should. And you're going to cosplay at a protest, it should probably be a character that agrees with the message. Like, if you're going to go to, uh, you know, an anti-fascism protest, you know, don't go as Red Skull. You know, don't. Uh, make sure the character's on brand. So that's uh, that's that's my advice. And I've had a few people um, hit me up and ask me to cosplay at some of the more recent protests going on in regards to police brutality and. Uh, I, I haven't done it yet because again, I, I a lot of people are sensitive to it and I understand why, and I don't want to, uh, I don't want to come off as insincere. And yeah. also there's a pandemic going on right now. So cosplay, it's hard enough to dress up as Batman to begin with, but to dress up as Batman and then like wear an N95 mask on top of that, it's just, it just makes it that much harder. And like, i don't know i just there's, there's also there's there's better uses of my time i've been donating to, to different uh, charities for on, for black lives matter and i feel like i could go to a protest and do that or, or i could donate money and i've been choosing that route because you know i don't uh, there's just a lot going on right now and again the pandemic makes things a lot harder to do things and a lot of people are, are rightfully pissed off right now and i don't want to piss off people by like showing up as batman that's just my opinion. I'm not going to judge anyone for doing that, but in certain circumstances, like with Bucks County Batman, I thought that was very is in, in very poor taste, in my yeah. opinion. Uh, when you
0: did the the panel of this is the uh, weapon of the enemy,
1: mm-hmm. um, whose whose voice were you doing? Oh, uh, this is the weapon of the enemy. That one was uh, from the Dark Knight Returns, uh, the animated movie. Okay. Uh, there's actually. There's actually two versions of that. That's the that movie. There was yeah. the one from like Dark Knight Returns Part One and Two, which is like the the Warner premiere. And I want to say that's voiced by the original RoboCop. If I remember, correctly. Okay. Um, uh, I remember Kevin Smith doing a podcast on it once. I want to say he said it was the the the, guy, the voice of uh, of Officer Murphy. Uh, and it, you can kind of hear it in his voice too. He's like, "This was the weapon of the enemy," you know. And it sounds very much like the line, you know better alive you're coming with me so I'm like yeah that's him Uh, there is a better voice actor for old Batman though and it was from Batman the Animated Series there was an episode I think it was called Legends of the Dark Knight and it was just these little kids telling these like Elseworlds stories of Batman and there was this uh, like this one girl and she's like telling the Dark Knight version Dark Knight Returns version of it and she's Carrie Kelly in it which is kind of cool and there's this scene where he's like uh, he's fighting the mutant leader and he's like you know this isn't a mud hole it's an operating table and I think that one that voice for grizzled old Batman was a little better but anytime I hear that scene where he like breaks the uh he breaks the rifle in half I think of uh the Robocop version of it where he says he says that line really well I don't think he was the best Batman but that line delivery of him grabbing uh, one of the the kids, like one of the the mutants, like rifles and just breaking in half. I thought that was a uh, he. That line delivery was really good. So anytime I see that panel in any situation, that voice, no matter like I could be doing Christian Bale or I could be doing like the Michael Keaton voice or I could be doing the, you know Kevin Conroy voice. Anytime I say that line, it just always defaults to RoboCop, just because that line delivery just that kind of echoes in my head. See, and I, I, I'm in love with the animated
0: series, and that's the that that episode was the one that Y went to, so I just assumed that you were doing that Batman, <laughs> but I was probably just projecting.
1: <laughs> yeah, he, that, I think I think that version of of like, you know, late 50s Batman. I think Legends of the Dark Knight. Again, I think I, they did that one better. Uh, that voice actor, I don't even know who did the voice acting for that one, but Kevin Smith did like a side by side comparison. Because he's Kevin Smith and he's obsessed with Batman. So, like, he did a side by side comparison of Dark Knight Returns uh, animated movie Batman voice and Batman the animated series Batman voice. And he played them, like, one after another and dissected why he thought animated series voice was better. And it's really interesting, too, because he's such a nerd. So, he's like, if you listen to the inflection carefully, you can tell definitively that animated series did a better job of it.
0: Um, no, I I love that episode. I think that episode's fantastic. Seeing uh seeing different versions of Batman in an animated sequence was just fantastic. Um, so we're recording this, we're recording this before Batman Day, but uh oh, we're we're recording this so so this episode is gonna happen after DC fandom, and but we're recording this before DC fandom. Now, what is DC fandom? Just so that my listeners can understand what we're talking about.
1: So DC fandom, uh, a lot of these conventions have been going virtual. It's like Comic Con went virtual, and it was it was good. I I, I per- participated in virtual Comic Con. I actually hosted a panel uh, for Heavy Metal for their Comic Con after hours like event, and that was a lot of fun. I got to interview some people through Zoom. Nice. Uh, yeah, it was great. Uh, a few things I would have done differently with virtual Comic Con, but you know what do I know? Uh, but DC Fandom is basically that. It is a virtual convention just for DC comics, and that is is amazing because I'm a huge DC fan. I love all things DC, uh, and this whole DC Fandom is basically Comic Con for the DC geek. And it's got they they just I think released the schedule, so it's a lot of uh, updates on the movies that are coming out, a lot of updates on. Uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of things that have happened just in this past week. I wrote an article on uh, some of the restructuring going on at DC right now. Uh, ever since the AT&T merger, um, with Warner Brothers getting you know getting turned into Warner Media, there's been a lot of uh, there's there's just been a lot of restructuring and it's it's kind of inevitable. But COVID-19 definitely forced them to make some painful cuts. So, I'm curious to see what's going to happen because like DC Direct, which is their uh, their toy line, the thing that their, mer- their direct merch line, that pretty much most of that department got let go. Uh I know uh, Jim Fletcher who was the head of that department. He's still there. Uh which is great, but I have a friend, uh, she was in charge of like DC Direct social media department and she got let go. Uh a lot of uh editors got let go. Um so I I was I was super jazzed for, for DC fandom. I still am. I still very much am. I don't want to say like I'm not like I'm super depressed about it or anything, but uh, a lot of a lo- my my focus from like I can't wait for DC fandom. So many awesome stuff is gonna happen. To like, okay, so where are we going from here? Is the D- I, I have the DC Universe app. Like I have like I go to the DC streaming service. Love Doom Patrol. That's amazing. Titans is a lot of fun. The Harley Quinn show is really good. Uh, I'm watching, uh, I just finished Stargirl, that's really good, but I'm like, okay, so that's all going to HBO Max, like, do I still get to keep my account? Like, what's going on with that? So it went from, like, DC fandom is just, like, where I could just have, like, my geekgasm and just enjoy the experience to, like, I have questions, damn it. <laughs> um.
0: So you mentioned that you're a big fan of like, uh, comic books and literary, just any kind of literary character, just books, just the whole – just anything that you can read. You love it. Um, if DC was going to make an animated movie of Batman fighting any literary character, what character would you like Batman to fight?
1: Okay, so I would say – this is going to sound weird at first. And this is classical I... literary. This is classic yeah. literary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I would want to see him fight a DC version of Dorian Gray from Oscar Wilde's book, A Picture of Dorian Gray. And the reason why is, okay, so in the book... I feel like I should have been able to predict that, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's an interesting character. I, uh, I, I remember I read the book in high school, and I was just like, man, that was a trippy read. Like, it's just everything about it is just bizarre, but in a good way. And he's. I don't know if people have actually read the book. Most people know about Dorian Gray. They know him from like pop culture. They know him from like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Uh, He's a little different in the book. In the book, he can he can look at his own painting. Looking at his own picture does nothing to him. The only thing is, is uh, the uh, the picture it ages for him, but it also is a reflection of his soul. Really, all it is is his soul is in the painting. So everything he does that's bad so if he does something that's like negative or it hurts somebody or it's toxic it is reflected in the picture so the picture drives him crazy so um like his uh, i remember in the book and it's been a little while since i've read it but he he has a fiance and he ends up like having this like crazy fight with her and he breaks up with her and she ends up committing suicide and he looks at the painting and the painting is like scowling and just like grotesque. And he realizes like that's the ultimate curse of the painting is it doesn't just age for him. He sees himself, his like true self is the painting and it drives him absolutely mad. But then the fact that he doesn't age, the fact that he's always this like perfect, like, you know, early to mid twenties, uh, it, it also drives him nuts because there's no there's just absolutely no repercussions or consequences to his actions. So he just keeps escalating it and escalating it. And at first he doesn't like to start murdering people right off the bat. Uh, he ends up, if I remember right, uh, he ends up like in a drinking contest with this young guy. And because he really can't die, he just keeps drinking and drinking and drinking. And then the other guy dies of like alcohol poisoning. And he's just like, Ooh, that's life. Uh, he ends up, uh, Indirectly, like he ends up at this opium den and like the guy he's with like overdoses and like dies there and he's just sort of like eh like that and it, it just it keeps escalating and escalating and the more uh, the more he starts to become obsessed with like pleasure seeking the more like evil he gets and he doesn't start out as evil he's a very good person and like the Oscar Wilde describes him as this like cheruby perfect young man who just is obsessed with helping people but the fact that he lives a life without consequence just makes him go crazy and what i would like to see is batman fight that because if if you think about it like if he hadn't died like what would happen if if dorian gray had not died he had not like thrown his destroyed his painting and killed himself he would be hundreds of years old so he'd be like rachel ghoul he would be like very old um he would also be he has this duality in himself too, because there's a part of him that's always good. There's a part of him that like screams to like, stop that, stop that. There's always this little piece of his head whenever he does something genuinely cruel, that's like, don't do that, don't do that. So he's kind of like 2 faced in that regard too, is that there's this piece of him that is just inherently good, but there's this grotesque side of him that's just taken over. So he's got a little bit of race and a little bit Of Two Face, and then there's a part of him that just loves chaos, he just becomes addicted to the chaos of his life. He's addicted to like all of these like crazy, like hedonistic things that he does. So he's kind of like Joker, too. So he's like these three different characters. He's crazy, like Joker, he has a duality, like Two Face, and he's immortal, like Rachel Gould. So I feel like, had Dorian Gray decided to, like, you know what, screw this, I'm going to, like, take this painting. I'm going to lock it in a chest, I'm going to bury the chest, and no one will ever know where it is, and I'll just be immortal forever. Um, that would be a scary dude for Batman to fight, because at that point, he'll have a long time to like, really craft himself as a villain. And I think he would fit into Gotham City, too, because like he has, he, like when you think of Dorian Gray, you think of like gothic horror literature, you think of that, and you think of Gotham City, and it's very similar, so I think you could fit that tone of this immortal man who's just sort of been living and dwelling in Gotham for, you know, since the, like, Gaslamp era. And, you know, Batman has to fight him. And and Batman would just immediately accept everything about Dorian Gray, too. I don't think he would ever have a moment of like, he can't be hundreds of years old, that's impossible. Or, you know, what do you mean? His soul is trapped in a painting? That can't be. Like, no, he would Batman would immediately be like, okay, what a guy, he's like 200 years old. His soul is trapped in a painting. He's, like, it would just be an immediate, like, all right, let's take this guy on. I think that would be a really cool
0: fight. That would be pretty cool.
1: Um, I should have
0: been able to predict that because you go by, you know, Dorian Black. Um, yeah. <laughs> where – so are you always Dorian Black on all of your social media?
1: Uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, you can find me, uh, Dorian the Black, on uh, Facebook – instagram twitter or you could follow my fan page dorian reyes black that's on facebook uh and yeah pretty much uh, or you can find me on screen rant also dorian reyes black and yeah I mostly just uh, i post about a lot of things it's a mix of cosplay and comic books and whatever you know social issues are going on at the time uh what final tips would you give to anyone aspiring to be a cosplayer this is a hobby You're doing it to make yourself feel good. You're doing it because it brings you joy. If it's only do it, if it makes you happy, there's, there were points in my life where I became a little too obsessed with my like body image. And I was doing a lot of unhealthy things. Like I was extreme dieting. I was working out to a degree that was borderline unhealthy. And I really just, I let that, take over every other element of this hobby. And I talked about before a little bit like, you know, wearing spandex, it makes you a little self-conscious because you see like every ounce of flab. So if you've got like, you know, a couple extra pounds, it shows up on spandex, it just does. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like I have so many friends that are successful and fulfilled plus size cosplayers and it's awesome. It's an amazing, it's amazing. But for me, I just became a little too obsessed With looking like a cartoon character, and I had to take a break from uh, from cosplay for a little bit just so I could reorient myself and not and and, you know and and, and deal with some you know internal issues that I had. So if I could tell if I give advice to anybody, you don't have to look you don't have to look like a comic book character. Those characters aren't real for a reason. You don't have to look like that. If if you don't look like the character, that's fine. If you don't feel comfortable wearing a super revealing outfit, that's fine. Only do it, it brings joy to you. It's a hobby. Enjoy it. And if, it, if you stop enjoying it, take a break. It's fine. I had to do that too.